Hey, what's going on, my analytical people? Welcome to the fourth episode of Lever Analytics, hosted by me, Lever KT, as we continue on our off-season playbook. Up next, we got the Baltimore Ravens, who finished 11-5, which was second in the AFC North, and I believe that was the fifth seed for the NFL playoffs this year. Uh, the Ravens had an interesting uh, season, uh, so to speak. Um, over the span of 10 days, nearly two dozen... <laughs> players were placed on the reserve list including quarterback Lamar Jackson that was crazy also uh, their team suspended uh, strength coach Steve Sanders for failing to report his symptoms and not always wearing a mask the Ravens had an interesting season and at one point it didn't even look like they were going to make the playoffs uh, but they did they were able to turn things around and kind of get things under control so let's start off like how we always start off with the top five paid Baltimore Ravens uh, coming in at number one is Ronnie Staley who's making 15 million a year his PFF grade was an 80 um, 91 pass blocking 69 run blocking gave up zero sacks but he only played in eight games had a uh, season ending injury versus the Pittsburgh Steelers the first time that they played that's a bargain what I'm really starting to see with a lot of these good teams is that they're that they do an excellent job of managing their cap Baltimore has 29 million in cap space for this offseason that's the projected cap because you know as TV money go up the cap space tends to go up every year uh, so 29 million in cap space uh, and you would think wow they're gonna really be aggressive in free agency especially because they only have six draft picks and we'll get into that later um, but $15 million for one of the best, I would say, tier one, maybe tier two, uh, left tackles in the NFL, you you can't beat that. Uh, coming up in second uh, for the highest paid Baltimore Ravens players, we got Calais Campbell. Uh, he's getting $15 million a year. He has a 72.4 uh, PFF, 19 solo tackles, five assists, and three sacks. Uh, he had an awesome year. Uh his his last year in uh, Jacksonville, uh, he wasn't as productive this year uh, versus his stats, but that doesn't mean he didn't make great plays at that position, uh, especially in a three four. It's meant for your edge rushers uh, to uh, to to get the sacks. So he was a system player. He did ex exactly what he was supposed to do. So coming up third. On the highest paid Baltimore Ravens, we got Brandon Williams, who's getting uh, $14.4 million this year. He has a PFF grade of 67.2, 24 tackles, 5 assists, 3 sacks. Not bad coming from that uh, defensive tackle position. And Brandon Williams is certainly a zero technique, one technique. Uh, <laughs> you won't see him pass anything past that. He's, uh, he's that old school nose tackle. So to speak. Coming up in the fourth place is Marcus Peters, who's getting thirteen point four million per year. He has a PFF grade of sixty-four point four, um, four interceptions, four forced fumbles, and a sack. Now you look at his PFF grade, you'd be like, wow, his PFF grade is 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 not that great. Um, this is when I tend to kind of put things in perspective as it comes with PFF. As I say to people all the time, I never get too much into anything that's just the way i am um whether it's politics whether it's religion like i try not to get too far in that's how i stay even kill i'm vegan whether it's veganism i don't get too far into it like the honey situation with vegans uh so to speak 
some vegans say we're not allowed to eat honey because the bees didn't give us permission i don't go that far in i eat honey if i'm persecuted because i eat honey then it is what it is so what marcus peters he checks the best receiver every time the baltimore ravens go out and play and that is it's very interesting because marlon humphrey gets a lot of the notoriety um, we all know about his stats this year he forced nine forced fumbles so he's absolutely amazing uh, from that standpoint but marlon humphrey checks the slot receiver pretty much every game and it's hard to check the slot receiver so i don't want to say that marlon humphrey isn't great because he checks the slot receiver because uh, a lot of times uh, especially the nfl runs a lot of bunch formations so that slot receiver isn't on the line of scrimmage so it's hard to get a press on them so a lot of times they get free releases um, and things of that nature but marcus peter checks the best receiver ever regained that is super hard to find that is super hard to do so he's he's a gambler every year he's going to have at least four or five interceptions um, but the four first fumbles in one sack that that is amazing um i think marcus peters and the fact that they getting him at 13.4 million a year he's a gambler so there's going to be times where he gets beat that's just his game but if you're not careful he will pick you off coming in at number five on the highest paid Baltimore Ravens players we got as for mentioned Marlon Humphrey who's getting 10.2 million this year on the salary cap uh he had 76 uh tackles uh, nine forced fumbles Jesus Christ three sacks one interception and a PFF grade of 76.1 Marlon Humphrey is a dog absolute dog and he's dangerous as a tackler uh him uh, people like uh Kyle Fuller are some of the better tackler uh tackling corners in the NFL. You have to be careful with, with Marlon Humphrey cuz he got that that peanut punch like like Charles Tillman, man, and that ball will definitely come out if you're not careful. Uh, like I say, um he always checks whoever's in the slot. But I guess it's it all it's all dependent on the matchup. Like so if you're playing the Buffalo Bills, yes, everybody knows about Stefan Diggs, but there's a reason why Cole Beasley made in all pro team this year because he was highly productive and on third downs stefan diggs was not a josh allen favorite receiver on third downs it was definitely cole beasley uh running all type of whip routes misdirection routes it's just the way cole beasley was and that's who marlon humphrey was matched up on so baltimore has an interesting cornerback situation and jimmy smith um who's not one of their top five players but he typically checks the second best receiver and Marlon Humphrey, like I said, he always checks the slot. So I, I I thought that was interesting. So Baltimore Ravens, they got $29 million in cap space this year. Excellent, excellent. I think that's 11th best in the league, which is not bad for, for a team that went to the divisional round this year. The one thing I did see on their cap, they had $11 million in dead cap. And I explained in episode one what dead cap was. Um, so if you missed that, go check out the Arizona uh, Cardinals offseason playbook. Uh, but they got 11 million in dead cap guess what 10 million of that dead cap goes to earl thomas we have to sign better contracts uh even though i think the ravens and their organization doing an excellent job uh with signing players uh giving you know friendly deals for both the players and the organization it just it just works out for both parties but 10 million in dead cap this season alone played to a player paid to a player who sat on his couch all the season very interesting so coming up the uh, Ravens definitely do got some uh, unrestricted free agents uh, aka UFA uh, they got Matt Judon uh, Yannick Nick 
I'm not gonna even butcher his name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Willie Sneed, Mark Ingram, Derek, Derek Wolf, and Dez Bryant to mention some of the unrestricted uh, free agents. Matthew Don is gonna be interesting. It wouldn't surprise me if one of the uh, divisional opponents wouldn't try to offer him some money. Uh, restricted free agent is Gus Edwards, Johnny Towson. So Gus Edwards should definitely be back. Um, him and uh, Dobbins did an excellent job as a one-two punch uh, for the probably second half of the season. I don't foresee Mark Ingram coming back. Um, their draft picks this year, they only have six picks, so they, they have to be very, very smart with their draft picks. So in the first round, they got the 28th pick. In the second round, they got the 60th pick. In the fourth round, they got the 131st pick. Fifth round, they got the 166th pick. In the uh, sixth round, they got the uh, 207th pick. And then the sixth round, I got the 212th pick. So, not bad, uh, but without a third rounder, they need to utilize free agency, but utilize it in a frugal way, and then also make sure that they are smart with their draft picks. So, there's a couple of things when I see the Baltimore Ravens that pop out immediately. Uh, one thing is this Greg Roman situation. I was going back, I was looking at some stats, and I have a fun fact for y'all. Greg Roman. In the last six years, his teams have led the NFL in rushing four of the last six seasons. Two of them in Buffalo, 2015-2016. Two of them in Baltimore, 2019-2020. You look at that stat, and, you, and it's amazing because we always say, if you want to play good football in January, you better be able to run the ball and play defense. Baltimore's team stats, they were 7 for overall, 7 for offensively. Uh, third defensively but that statement is very true because you need to be able to run the ball you've seen what happened when the buffalo bills played kansas city couldn't keep pat mahomes off the field uh the, the chiefs were blitzing they didn't really care about the uh, buffalo bills running game at all but that goes the other way as well the baltimore ravens were 32nd in passing this year 32nd in passing so wow a lot of mock drafts say oh they need a receiver they need a true number one receiver I don't, I don't agree with that at all. At all. Hollywood Brown is a stud, and y'all just don't know it yet because Greg Roman's offense isn't catered for a number one receiver to be great. It is what it is. In Buffalo, Sammy Watkins was the first receiver taken in a 2014 draft. Oh, by the way, Odell Beckham was in that draft as well. But Sammy Watkins, if you look at his college tape, was better than Odell. The numbers just weren't there for Sammy Watkins, just like it isn't for Hollywood Brown. But I'm going to tell you something. Pedigree matters. Listen to me when I say that. I'm going to say it one more time. Pedigree matters. Antonio Brown, Hollywood Brown's cousin. In two seasons, Antonio Brown, his first two seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he had 85 catches, 13.2 average, which is amazing. Two touchdowns. Hollywood Brown, first two seasons, 104 catches, 13 yards a catch, 15 touchdowns. 15 touchdowns. He's getting about a, a touchdown every seven catches. The kid is amazing. I seen him in a Bills game against all-pro cornerback Tredavious White, and he was beating them all game. The Ravens couldn't get him the ball. Whether it was protections, whether it was just Lamar Jackson missing, Whatever it was, they just couldn't give him the ball. So, yes, they definitely get Ronnie Staley back uh, next year. But I think they honestly could utilize a guard to replace the loss of Marshall Yonder from, from last year. 
So to me, their hierarchy, yes, uh, they're going to need, especially if Snead walks and goes somewhere else, they're definitely going to need a receiver, a number two receiver. But I think an offensive guard will uh, supersede the, the, the needing of a receiver. Pedigree matters. Hollywood Brown is a stud, and I'm telling you, do not be surprised if after his fourth season or, or third season, uh, he rejects a contract and wants to test free agency. Do not be surprised. I'm telling you, because the kid is a stud. If he was playing for, I will honestly say, any other team in that division, his numbers would be better. Pittsburgh, uh, I do think uh, Big Ben has lost some zip on the ball. I think that's really what hurt them, and on top of not having a, a great running game. But Hollywood Brown is a stud. Do do not be misled. Do not look at his first two years stats and think, oh well, he's been underproductive. I know a lot of people base stats off of fantasy. It fantasy don't always tell true numbers. They don't. I I know we you know as as fantasy owners we want every week our players to be studs. We don't want our players to be inconsistent. Trust me, I understand it. I have a fantasy basketball team. And I played fantasy football this year as well and finished fifth. But Hollywood Brown is a stud. He's always open. They just can't get him the ball. And I don't know if it's a Lamar Jackson thing. I don't think it is. I just think it's a Greg Roman thing. I'm trying to think back to uh, when he was the offensive coordinator at the San Francisco 49ers during the Colin Kaepernick years. Their, their running game was always – they always had top five rushing teams. Crabtree was the number one wide receiver, but was he? Did he have number one wide receiver production? That's something I will have to go back and look at. But I know Sammy Watkins didn't. I know Holly Brown, uh, Hollywood Brown doesn't. But don't don't be surprised after that fourth season. He, fourth season, he leaves, goes elsewhere, and you're like, wow, Hollywood Brown is really balling out. You heard it here first. Hollywood Brown is a stud. Pedigree matters. So I was looking at the uh, Baltimore Ravens 2021 schedule, and they have a favorable schedule. And what I mean a favorable schedule is not just about the opponents because teams get better. I I don't like the thought that, oh, they haven't played anybody. They're all NFL teams, all NFL organizations. This league is catered for sorry teams to get better, whether it's cap space uh, and free agency, whether it's the draft. Sorry teams can get better. So... The uh, 2021 schedule for the Baltimore Ravens, their home opponents are as follows. The Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. They got the Kansas City Chiefs at home, which uh, last year game was this past season game was a dud. But uh, the, the season before that, that was one of the best games all season, in my opinion. They got the Chargers at home, Packers at home, Vikings at home, and Colts at home. Away they play the Bengals, Steelers, and Browns, of course, divisional opponents. They go to Chicago. They go to Denver to play the Broncos. They go to Detroit to play now the Jerry Goff, Detroit Lions. Uh, they go to Miami, and then they play the Raiders. So I think they have a pretty favorable schedule. Um, I won't give a prediction on next season just because injuries matter when, when we talk about, you know, schedule. And also when you play, uh, a team matters as well. But I thought for this past season, uh, Baltimore had one glaring weakness. Their defense was solid. Their corners could cover man-to-man. They could blitz you. Uh, they can run the rock. One of the best running uh, teams, if you look at quarterback, different running backs that were able to produce for the Baltimore Ravens this year. 
their passing game. Their passing game. And I don't know if 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 getting another receiver, a bigger body receiver, as as teams like to get when they feel like they they have an undersized receiver on the outside. I don't know if that's necessarily the answer because I feel like Hollywood Brown produces. He just doesn't get the opportunities. I, I, I honestly want to know what most Ravens fans feel like they, they truly need. To me, they need to shore up the offensive line. And Greg Roman needs to be reevaluated. He definitely needs to be reevaluated. He's going to be able to run the ball. I don't, there's not a coordinator in the NFL uh, probably of all time, uh, maybe except for Vince Lombardi, you know, different game back there, that 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 power sweep he used to run. But I don't think there's an offensive coordinator in NFL history who can run the block, uh, run the rock as effectively as Greg Roman. But on the flip side, as inefficient as a coordinator when it comes to his passing game, David Cully, who was just hired by the Texans, was their passing game coordinator. That was interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Greg Roman, to have these successful years, why hasn't he had any coaching offers? Coming into the season, I'm thinking Eric B. Enemy, Greg Roman. Top two after the end of this season, who going to be getting jobs? But it's interesting that the Texans went after Collie, not Greg Roman. And I don't know why Eric B. Enemy keeps getting passed up. That That's a whole other story. And something I don't want to get into right now, but... Greg Roman has to be reevaluated. The Ravens has to get this have to get this pass game going. We've seen them in the playoffs in the last two seasons. We've seen three games. We've seen the one against the Titans in uh, January 20, 2020 last season, and then we've seen the one against the Titans this year in the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills did not was not bothered about them passing. They was having eight players in a box every play, forcing them to beat them through the air. Hollywood Brown was open the entire game, and they just couldn't get him the ball. They couldn't get him the ball. The the Teron Johnson play that everybody talks about from that game, when he had the 101-yard interception return, tied for first of all time uh, with George T. Nobody talked about the play before where Lamar Jackson, uh, Hollywood Brown, <laughs> had Tredavious White beat badly. He was wide open, waving his hand. They didn't get him the ball. That does not make sense to me at all. So before we start talking this, oh, Baltimore Ravens need a receiver. Baltimore Ravens need a receiver. Look at Greg Roman. You have a number one receiver. And if y'all don't start treating him like a number one receiver, when it's time for him to sign his contract, his agent's going to say no. He's going to go elsewhere. Don't be surprised if elsewhere is in the division. Do not let the Cincinnati Bengals get Hollywood Brown. We don't know Odell's future in Cleveland. Do not let the Browns get Hollywood Brown. Antonio Brown was a great receiver when he was in Pittsburgh. Do not let the Steelers get Hollywood Brown. I'm telling you now, this kid is a stud. And you all will see it. You all will be proven wrong. Trust me. Trust me. Hollywood Brown is a stud. So, Ravens, here's the keys to a successful 2021 season. Got six picks in the draft. Use them effectively. Also, free agent. Uh, 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 attack free agency even though you got bread. Uh, 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 attack it. Being frugal. Being smart. 
filling needs because you only got six picks in the draft. And if you're lucky as an organization, uh, three of those players are, are role players. Three of those players may be plug-in starters. And next season, figure out this pass game because I'm telling you, teams will start doing what the Bills did in the playoffs. And not that, you know, a lot of teams can stop the Baltimore Ravens run game because it's difficult to do. Greg Roman will find new ways to run the ball. You're not going to, you know, every game stop them from running. There's going to be games that holes are opened up, uh, pass protection is better, but they have to figure out a better way to pass the ball. Is another receiver to answer? Yeah, they're definitely going to need another receiver, especially if Snead walks. Dez Bryant is an unrestricted free agent as well. But they have to figure out this passing game. They need to figure out immediately because Lamar Jackson is amazing. And a lot of people aren't giving him the respect he deserves because the Ravens' passing game just isn't doing what it's supposed to do. So let's get into today's episode uh, glossary. Um, one of the things we talked about was pedigree matters. Pedigree really does matter. You see a lot of kids, uh, where they come from? DK Metcalf was made in a football factory, probably in Canton, Ohio. His dad is Turn Metcalf, played seven NFL seasons as a guard. His uncle... Eric Metcalf was a three-time Pro Bowler kick returner for the Cleveland Browns, and I'm telling you, he was nasty. His grandfather, Terry Metcalf, was a three-time Pro Bowl running back. Pedigree matters, and it definitely matters while we're talking about Hollywood Brown. Today, we also talked about Greg Roman's inability as an offensive coordinator to move the ball down the field via passing. In advanced passing, and we're talking about yards specifically, Lamar Jackson, Joe Barrow finished 22nd, and five less total games played. Really six because he only played like a half of his last game. Baltimore Ravens fans, you all have one hell of a football team. Please, 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 please. Beg Coach Hallball, beg your offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, to get this passing game going, Lamar Jackson is more accurate than you think he is. He finished at 65% completion percentage on the year. He had 26 touchdowns to nine interceptions. And I know that a lot of his passing is geared towards RPOs, getting the ball to Mark Andrews. And an RPO is, is just a run pass option. That's all it is. Um, and, and getting the ball to his tight ends, as, as I stated. But... Hollywood Brown is a stud. Get the kid the ball. I promise you, if you get him the ball, he will make plays. You probably will need to get another receiver, as mentioned earlier. But I had a lot of fun doing this episode. I'm from the DMV area. Uh, so I, I, I play c- close attention uh, to the local teams, the Washington football team and the Baltimore Ravens. I am a Buffalo Bills fan, though. Uh, but I do pay a lot of attention. Typically, what I'll do is I'll have my Buffalo Bills up on one of my monitors. On the other monitor, I'll typically have the Baltimore Ravens game on. Um, if the if the Washington football team are playing and it's a good game, I'll watch them. But the Baltimore Ravens are exciting to watch. Um, can't wait to see what y'all do next season. Uh, barring injuries uh, in 2021, y'all should be able to, if y'all can get that passing game going, win your division. Um, so, so this has been the off-season playbook for the Baltimore Ravens. For Leverett Analytics, I am your host, Leverett KT. And remember, keep it analytical. Peace.